Welcome back to Teens Take on the World. I'm Max Dodson. And I'm Wally Shake. And today we're talking about the current presidential campaign and interference by outside dark psychic forces, <laughs> as Marianne Williamson so poetically said. So talking about Marianne Williamson, Max, what did you think about the Democratic debate over the last two nights? Well, I'm still as confused as earlier in the summer. It's really hard with the format of these debates to really understand each candidate's ideas, and they don't have a lot of time to speak yeah, and really true. make a proposal. Um, and there's a lot of back and forth and attacking one another. Yeah, the way I think CNN handled the last two debates, I wasn't such a huge fan of, especially with when second night where we saw Joe Biden and Kamala Harris go back and forth, back and forth. When Kamala Harris said something about Joe Biden, CNN gave time to him to respond. And if he said something about her and his response, they let her speak. And it was just back and forth. And I yeah. really did not like that at all throughout the debates. And you're right that I am still pretty confused of what to think because these candidates, especially the low-key ones, they don't have so much time to talk about their policies. And if they do, it's very vague. And I don't think it's very helpful for the public to understand which candidate they want to represent us in the 2020 election. Yeah, and obviously we have, you know, the big candidates that everyone knows about, and they got more time to speak. As always. Yeah, and the less known, lesser known people didn't get as much time to speak. Um, so I think they could have just done a little bit better at really allowing each candidate to explain their vision for the future and things like that. Yeah, if maybe opening and closing statements were a little bit longer, maybe if they talked about uh, their plan a little bit more, that would have been a bit more helpful because uh, it's just what the Democratic Party, what do they want to do next? Do they want a moderate candidate to represent the party or do they want someone more progressive like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren? I'm definitely on the side of a more moderate candidate. I know it's similar to 2016 with Hillary Clinton. But I definitely think that people were more opposed to Hillary Clinton as a person than her politics and her more moderate agenda. Um, and I think many moderate voters in the United States are looking for someone who's going to bring more dignity and respectability to the office of president yeah, than Donald Trump has. True. Um, so we talk about how Hillary Clinton, she was a bit of a more moderate candidate and my feeling is, my heart's telling me, oh, I want someone more progressive, someone very energetic. Like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, I want my candidate to showcase their energy because going against Donald Trump one-on-one, -on -one, we're going to really have to convince the American people if not. Well, he's he's very energetic. Yeah, he's and very And you need energetic. someone who's... Who matches yeah. his energy or someone who's better than him in speaking-wise because that's how a lot of people determine who they want for president because a lot of them don't read the policy stuff. They usually just listen to the debates and look at the personality. I think personality is huge for the majority of American voters. And my mind's telling me that the Democratic Party needs to choose a candidate that's a bit more moderate because they're going to have their left-leaning voters. Donald Trump's going to get his far-right wingers, but it all comes down to if we can get more of the the more moderate conservative Republicans and more moderate conservative Democrats because those are the uh, people 
that the candidate needs to be fo- the parties need to be focusing on because that's what it comes down to in the end which voters you get and i think by running on things like eliminating student debt and medicare for all i think you're going to alienate some of those center voters who kind of understand that that's pretty radical and would require a lot of change in the country and maybe people aren't quite ready for that just yet no, that's true. I mean, I don't want to go safe again. 2016, Hillary Clinton was kind of considered a safe candidate. She wasn't too radical, I mean, compared to what people thought about Bernie Sanders. But the look at the Republicans. They went with Donald Trump. I mean, how can you get more radical than that? And in the end, does the Democratic Party want to fight fire with fire? Or do they want to go with someone who's a little bit more moderate, more balanced? It all comes down to what the voters vote on the end. But my main concern for the Democratic Party is taking back the Senate. That should be their number one priority right now. It doesn't matter who they elect, as long as Mitch McConnell is still ahead of it, and as long as the Democratic majority doesn't exist, what's going to happen? Right. All these people running with their proposals and everything, it'll never happen if the Senate stays majority Republican. I mean, in just... Recently, you had Mitch McConnell blocking an election security bill, and we're going to talk more about the election in a little bit. But he called the Democrats' push for election security modern-day McCarthyism, even though the bill was supported by election experts, and it was actually a couple bills. And you have the FBI director himself saying the Russians are absolutely intent on trying to interfere with our elections. And you have Mueller, who outlined evidence of Russian interference in the Mueller report. And other government reports and officials have found similar things. And on the topic of the Mueller report, recently Congress just had a hearing with him about it. And to be honest, I don't know what Democrats were looking for because Mueller, he said he wasn't going to go anywhere outside the report. They're kind of looking for a gotcha moment. Yeah, they were close on getting Trump for obstruction of justice. Uh, Mueller clarified that he actually never investigated whether Trump committed a crime since they wouldn't be able to indict a sitting president. Um, But he did find about 10 episodes or examples that Mueller said were capable of exerting undue influence over the law enforcement investigations. And many are calling those uh, possible examples of obstruction of justice. There is evidence against him. But my main concern is that Democrats continue to focus on different crises such as the border crisis and focus on taking back the Senate. But obviously, if Donald Trump doesn't get elected in 2020, there's still, they should definitely put charges against him and take him to court because nobody in the end is above the law. But beyond the report and... Um, looking for evidence to impeach Donald Trump. I think the biggest takeaway that we as Americans should be concerned about is Russian and foreign interference within our election process. Because throughout the entire report, Mueller was just saying yes, no, yes, no. But when asked a question, and we'll play a a clip of it, when he was asked a question on whether or not... um, there will be further interference. He got kind of excited and he gave a lot more, uh, a lot more on that. Is this, um, in your investigation, did you think that this was a single attempt by the Russians to get involved in our election or did you find evidence to suggest they'll try to do this again? Oh, it wasn't a single attempt. Uh, they're doing it as we sit here. 
and they expect to do it uh, 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 during the, the next campaign. And looking at the Russian interference and the 2016 election, I think a lot of people forget to understand the use of technology that was used to uh, influence voters. Max and I recently watched this documentary called The Great Hack. It recently came out on Netflix, and I encourage everyone to watch it. Basically, there's this company called Cambridge Analytica. It's a British political consulting firm that strategically mine data and use it to help their clients win elections and uh, use it to influence voters. Specifically in favor of Donald Trump. Yeah, in America. Cambridge Analytica, they helped elections worldwide, but we're going to focus on specifically America right now. And the way they worked is they built a psychological profile and targeted uh, people who they thought were persuadable. And these persuadables, they're everywhere in America. But all they needed to do was persuade a few thousand voters in swing states uh, like Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Florida. They created individual messages and advertised uh, advertisement that they thought would be effective to persuade these voters. They used a lot of propaganda against Hillary Clinton and her personality to appeal to these voters and and in the end, it worked out because these states turned red and really did help Donald Trump win in 2016. Yeah, I mean, he relied on just like three states, Michigan, Wisconsin. Technically four. Yeah, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Florida. Um, I mean, but it's important to highlight that these companies use data that people freely gave them. They use survey data that Facebook users submitted, and then they were able to predict how many Americans would vote and collected over 5,000 data points on each person. You know, it's crazy. When you think about you're on Instagram or Twitter on Facebook and you're thinking, oh my God, is my phone listening to me? Because the advertisement seems so specific to an individual. It's just crazy how good they are at predicting what are, how we think and what we like. And I think this is a big concern for not just America, but for other countries around the world. For example, in Great Britain, Cambridge Analytica was very involved in trying to persuade voters to vote to leave the EU, a once-in-a-generation type vote. They spread a lot of misinformation and broke British laws in the process. The 2016 election in the U.S. was just a stepping stone. How they targeted voters in our country, they similarly targeted those in Britain. I mean, yeah, the decision to leave the EU was very serious and shouldn't be made with misinformation in people's heads. I mean, as Wally said, the implications are huge, especially for such an influential country in the EU that the UK is. And Cambridge Analytica, not only did they target Western nations, they also targeted countries such as Brazil and India and Trinidad and Tobago. For example, in Trinidad and Tobago... Cambridge Analytica spawned a mass movement of teens and actually discouraged them from voting so that other candidates would win the election. And they classified teens as more reactive than adults, and they understood that many teens aren't very political. So they used... That trait we have of being reactive 
for example, on Instagram, there was a huge movement of turning our profile pictures blue, although the intention was really good, but just an example of how if we see something, we act on it really quickly. I mean, this could also be used for good. For example, in Florida, when the shootings happened, the teenagers there, they acted really fast, and I think that's something leaders around the world can kind of um, learn from us as a young generation because there's lots of problems going on around the world and lots of leaders aren't reacting fast enough. But instead of being reactive as human beings, we need to be more proactive and take measures to ensure stuff like this doesn't happen, especially with gun violence. And also what we're talking about with um, the misuse of, yeah, climate change and the misuse of data. I mean, the biggest problem this all spawns from is Facebook in general. I mean, Facebook does not do enough to protect our data and we don't know what they do with it. And this kind of plays onto the question of uh, are, is data human rights? What do you think about that, Max? Do you think it should be considered? I mean, the hard part about it is people hand over this data freely. I mean, in Cambridge Analytica's case, people took surveys on Facebook that enabled them to get the data on voters. And it's hard because when you sign up for these platforms you agree to the terms of service and give them permission to use your data however they please but i think at the least we should have laws that allow you to at least retrieve a copy of your data and even delete it if you want to and what pisses me off the most about this is that um mark zuckerberg and the creators of twitter and instagram they set out to connect the world and make us happier but it's just tearing us further apart and they're not doing enough and they're not being held accountable and i think we need to force our governments to actually make these people accountable for their actions because as robert Mueller said russia is going to continue to influence our election in 2016, they Facebook was a huge tool for them. They spread lots of misinformation and lots of uh, they started lots of movements. For example, uh, Russian uh, Russians they started a pro uh, pro Black Lives Matter uh, protest. On the same day, they also organized a pro-Blue Lives protest. And that just goes on to show how they want to continue to tear our country apart and pit us against one another. And these companies have made promises to do much better in the 2020 election. Obviously, we'll see how well they do (laughs) when it comes around. But we can only hope. I mean, to stay vigilant and be weary of what you read online, don't just... Take everything with a grain of salt. That's what I do. If I read something online, I'll go to another source and another source to make sure that it's actually factual. And on the topic of Facebook, I mean, lots of us don't really relate to it because we're young and we use Instagram. And in fact, uh, Facebook is a parent company of Instagram and Facebook also has WhatsApp. And for example, uh, authoritarian governments are on the rise and they're using uh, these politics of hate and fear. Look at Brazil where there's a right-wing extremist. We know WhatsApp, a Facebook company, was huge in spreading fake news. And in India, the WhatsApp was used to spread misinformation, and that caused lots of mob and mobs to rise in violence. So we need to be aware of what we see online, especially on Instagram and on Twitter, whatever social media you use going on, going into 2020 and in the future. 
and I know what you all might be thinking that me and Max were super left-leaning, we're super liberal, but in fact, it's not about that. And as Carol Cadwalder so beautifully put it, and it it's not, not about, about left or right, right or leave or, or remain or, or Trump or not. not. It's, it's about, about whether it's actually possible to have a free and fair election ever, ever again. again. And, and my, my question to everybody else is, is this what we want? want? To let them get away with it. And to sit back and play with our phones as this darkness falls. We'll see you next time on Teens Take on the World.